WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download that free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The CEO of TikTok was on the hot seat as he testified before Congress this week on ties between the app and the Chinese Communist Party, as well as data security for Americans. Congressman Tim Wahlberg had concerns. We're talking about what you're doing now, what your expectations are now, what your relationship is with the Communist Party, which is our major concern of what the impact that will be with a country. Uh, Let me rephrase that. With a Communist Party that doesn't care about America and sees us as standing in their way for for superpower. Wahlberg says TikTok CEO Su Chu further undermined the credibility of TikTok by failing to provide transparent answers on the relationship between the app and the Chinese Communist Party and data security for American citizens. Congressman Bill Heisinger is asking the Environmental Protection Agency to remove parts of southwest Michigan from its list of areas that are in violation of air quality standards. He tells us Berrien County is among the counties the EPA says have high smog levels. However, it's Heisinger's belief the pollution comes from across Lake Michigan. He points to a decision in the 90s that got parts of southeast Michigan removed from the non-attainment list due to air pollution being a result of wildfires out west. If the EPA can deem wildfires and the particulate from wildfires uh, affected the air quality in southeast Michigan, they ought to be able to see them their way clear for transport pollution and those same wildfires. They should be looking at it through the same lens, but they're not. Heisinger says the governor back then was involved in getting southeast Michigan a break. However, there hasn't been much of a response in Lansing to the recent recent EPA decision on Berrien County. The responses that we got out of the governor's office when we raised this concern were not helpful. That was, in fact, quite disturbing. The EPA has identified Berrien County and parts of Allegan and Muskegon counties as out of attainment with its air quality standards. Heisinger says this could mean limits on local industry and even bans on outdoor burning. He, along with Congressman Tim Wahlberg and John Molinar, have sent a letter to the EPA voicing their concerns. A St. Joseph community leader has been appointed to serve on Governor Gretchen Whitmer's Black Leadership Advisory Council. More from WSJM's Ken Lundberg. Andrew Robinson, president of Mosaic Christian Community Development Association, was appointed by the governor to serve on the 16-member advisory council to develop, review, and recommend actions to eradicate and prevent discrimination and racial inequity. Robinson views his role as working across stakeholders to close gaps in health care, housing, education, employment, and economic opportunity, specifically in African-American communities. One of the first areas, job training. We're talking about trades programs. We're talking about building trades. We're talking about construction trades. We're talking about HVAC, plumbing. Those opportunities that can really provide ways and means for those in the African-American community uh, to be able to learn a skill, learn a trade, and be able to get a good-paying job. Robinson says for next steps, it's up to the council to continue their work to set strategies and advance policy changes to close gaps. He says success means organizations like his at Mosaic will no longer be needed. But that is the goal for the future. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. Benton Harbor Mayor Marcus Mohammed is seeking another term. If he wins in November, he'll serve for a third term. Mohammed says the city has endured several challenges during his time as mayor and come out on top. He cites the emergency management crisis, the near shutdown of Benton Harbor High School, COVID-19, and the lead water line crisis, among the things the city has weathered under his leadership. Mohammed says on social media, quote, the residents have asked me to continue and finish the job. Mohammed was first elected mayor in 2009. Also running for the position is Gwen Johnson, the founder of the Sharp Foundation, a group that works to reduce police violence. 
In addition to the mayor's office, there will be four city commission seats on the ballot in November. The Michigan Department of Transportation is hoping to make it easier to navigate public transit systems in rural areas of the state. MDOT Mobility Innovation Specialist Janet Geisler told the MDOT podcast Talking Transportation this week the state has received a $1.3 million grant to conduct a pilot of an app that could track bus routes in rural communities. She says that such apps exist in Detroit, so why not rural areas? Even though the highest concentration of people may be in urban areas, a lot of Michigan is rural communities. And those include a lot of people who are low income, who are senior citizens. Geisler says the technology used to track bus routes in Detroit currently doesn't translate to areas that don't have fixed routes. The pilot will determine what's possible. Not every agency is going to have that kind of capacity available, but that is for the ones that do have that, that would be part of the app. The pilot will be done in four counties, including Charlevoix and Benzie. In time, if the pilot's successful, the app technology could be brought to others. There are 82 public transit agencies in Michigan, 60 of which serve rural areas. The use of naloxone to combat opioid overdoses has increased steadily in southwest Michigan since the Kalamazoo-based agency started offering it to police agencies in 2016. Southwest Michigan Behavioral Health Prevention Coordinator Achilles Malta tells us the group currently provides naloxone to 95 police agencies throughout the eight-county southwest Michigan region. That first year, in 2016, it was only 16 agencies. Most of them were actually from your county. The sheriff was on board right away and the local law enforcement agencies and also Michigan State Police. Malta says that Berrien County led the way in getting other departments to take the free naloxone to help those experiencing an overdose. That first year, 2016, it was used by police 44 times around the eight counties with 39 successes. Last year, Malta says police used naloxone 162 times in the eight counties with 134 successes. He says seeing so many lives saved has changed attitudes. We are trying to be proactive on many fronts, this being one of them. We recognize the need and we recognize the impact that the opioid crisis was having on the citizens of our area, and we decided to do something about it. Naloxone is a simple nasal spray that can reverse an opioid overdose. Malta says when it's used on someone who has taken an opioid, it works nearly 100% of the time. However, naloxone does not help when someone's overdosing on a drug like xylazine, which is an emerging drug now. Malta says anyone who knows someone with an addiction problem may want to keep a dose of naloxone around just in case. And home sales in southwest Michigan in February were down from the same month a year earlier as the market continues to cool. The Southwestern Michigan Association of Realtors says the number of houses sold in February dropped 6% from the same month in 2022, with the level of sales for the month the lowest since February of 2014. For the first two months of the year, the market was down 18% with sales at 309 compared to 378 in February of last year. In the same month of this year, the average selling price was $267,000 compared to $324,000 in February of 2022, a 17% drop. Year-to-date, the average selling price fell 9%. Meanwhile, inventory has been improving up 27% and providing a 3.2-month supply at the end of the month. The association says that level still needs to be higher for buyers searching listings for sale across Allegan, Berrien, and Cass in the westerly two-thirds of Van Buren counties. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dewashak, where furniture shopping is fun. 
The U.S. has responded to a deadly drone attack on American troops in Syria with a counterattack ordered by the president. ABC's Andy Field tells us at least one American contractor died in the first strike. The Pentagon still not explaining why the military radar didn't find and stop the Iranian-backed group's attack drone before it hit U.S. base inside Syria Thursday. My understanding is uh, that there was a complete sight picture in terms of radar. Pentagon spokesman General Pat Ryder saying they're investigating why they could not stop that drone before it crashed, killing a contractor and wounding six other Americans inside Syria. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. A lawyer for Donald Trump is back in court in Washington after being ordered to answer questions before a grand jury investigating the possible mishandling of classified documents at the former president's Florida estate. M. Evan Corcoran entered in federal court in District of Columbia early today. A week ago, a federal judge ruled in the department's favor, enforcing him to answer additional questions before a grand jury that's been hearing evidence for months. Corcoran didn't make any comments as he arrived at the building. The interest by prosecutors in his testimony underscores the legal peril confronting Trump. Meanwhile, there's been a potential threat at the New York City building where a grand jury has been meeting to consider criminal charges against the former president. ABC's Aaron Katursky has more. A powder was sent in an envelope addressed to Alvin, an apparent reference to Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who informed his office the powder was contained and was not a dangerous substance. A court official said the envelope was received in the basement mailroom of the district attorney's office where a grand jury has been considering a case involving former President Trump and hush money paid to porn actress Stormy Daniels. The grand jury is not in session. The former president's rhetoric has become increasingly heated over the possibility of an indictment. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. House Republicans have narrowly passed legislation that would fulfill a campaign promise to give parents a role on what's taught in public schools. It has little chance of success in the Democrat-run Senate, and critics say it would propel a far-right movement that's led to book bans, restrictions aimed at transgender students, and raucous school board meetings across the country. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy made the Parents' Bill of Rights Act a priority during the early weeks of his tenure. Today's vote was an early test of a unity for House Republicans who have a thin majority. President Joe Biden today is speaking to a joint session of the Canadian Parliament in Ottawa, addressing lawmakers and dignitaries in the House of Commons. More from ABC's Karen Travers. President Biden emphasized the strong ties between the U.S. and Canada, a key part of his message on this quick trip to Ottawa for meetings with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. The president said the U.S. and Canada are intertwined, inseparable, and not just because of geography. The United States chooses to link our future with Canada because we know that we'll find no better partner. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. A new AP NORC poll shows personal finances are a major source of stress for about half of the lower-income households of the U.S. The results illustrate the toll of high inflation and economic uncertainty on those who can least afford it. About half of U.S. adults in households earning less than $60,000 a year and about 4 in 10 of those in households earning $60,000 to $100,000 a year say they're stressed by their personal finances. That compares with only about a quarter of those in higher-income households. About three-quarters of adults across income groups say their household expenses are higher now than they were a year ago. California is lifting some of its rules on water use because of so much rain and snow recently. But not all drought rules are being dissolved, reports ABC's Alex Stone. California has just experienced what may have been the wettest three-week period in history by some measures wiping out the drought. 
Governor Gavin Newsom now lifting some emergency drought rules like those restricting water and grass. But water experts say groundwater vanished during years of drought and wells went dry. In that way, the drought is not over. The governor is saying, Are we out of the drought? Is the drought over in the state of California? And what I want to affirm uh, your instinct that it should be, it feels like it is, it is and continues to be complicated. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles. And early numbers are looking even better than expected for the latest John Wick movie. Here's Christopher Watson. And so it begins. The only real surprise would be if John Wick Chapter 4 didn't debut in the box office top spot this weekend. Thursday night previews earned an estimated 8.9 million bucks, nearly a million more than the projected eight. Yeah. With those early numbers and critics calling it the best film in the franchise and a 96% fresh fan rating on Rotten Tomatoes, John Wick Chapter 4 could well debut with even more than the top-end $70 million pundits are predicting. Christopher Watson, ABC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.